Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, as always, Alex, and with me today I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Good, good. It was uh, it was an interesting result because um, I suspect before the game started we would have taken a point um, away at Birmingham, but the manner in which we secured that point was probably a little bit frustrating. So. Um, how how did you feel, I guess, start with the first half, because that was probably the most positive aspect of the match from our point of view. How did you feel about that first half, um, going in at halftime 2-0 up? Um, I sort of had to just check that I wasn't asleep and dreaming that I, or that I wasn't watching the wrong game, um, <laughs> because it, it just was like chalk and cheese compared to the, the game the week before. It just yeah. had, it just it blew me away. Um how good we looked it was it was like almost like watching us in that first half of the season again um we had purpose we had intent you know um you know lovely play um particularly for the second goal i thought that was um some really good work um, and a great finish um for his debut goal um but uh yeah just really um it really took me by surprise i think you know i mentioned last week that I really wasn't expecting, you know, based on the Charlton game, I wasn't really expecting a lot out of the game against Birmingham. But uh, the way that they seemed to approach the, the game, and particularly the first half, and they really took it to to Birmingham, and and probably could have even had a couple of couple more. We had a few decent chances. Um, uh, yeah, I think a little bit of shock is was probably my main uh, reaction to that first half. Yeah, I, I think everyone was pretty startled with the fact that we came out of the block so fast and really we, we almost could have had a goal straight from kickoff. I think it was Kane who played the ball through for Wilkes um, who, who couldn't quite get a shot away and probably should have shot first time. But um, that would have almost got us off to the, to the perfect start. But um, of course it was Magenis who then opened the scoring after only two minutes. Um I don't know. Was it straight from a corner, or was it? It was certainly, at least, it was the the the, the um, result of a of a corner play, which was great to see because we haven't been able to get many of those goals this season. Um, and then, of course, yeah, as you mentioned, the Scott goal. I think uh, this kid's exciting. He, he he's he's quite an exciting player, and and he's looked really good in his first game for us against Charlton, and then even better against Birmingham, where. Um, when we recruited him, it was sort of seen as this Bowen replacement, and the hope was that he'd be able to progress in a similar way to to how Bowen did for us. And I guess um, if you're looking ahead to next season with the potential for you know, Keen Lewis Potter on one wing and Scott on the other, um, all of a sudden things could actually be pretty exciting for City. We might have a couple more pretty strong wingers in our in our squad. Yeah, I think um, I think he just has. I guess he's just little bit i don't know youth and just full of enthusiasm and he just he's been just uh scott he's just been willing to i think just he really wants to try and get in behind and he really wants to attack the ball and attack the goal um and it's just been i think realistically as well as um you know wilkes and bowler have played at times we really haven't seen that really direct 
um, aggressive approach since you know since we had Grzycki and Bowen. So it is um, it's a nice a nice change. And then you know was, uh, I sort of alluded to it, but it was really an impressive display from Magenis. And I've probably probably been a pretty harsh critic of his um, over the season because he hasn't looked too prolific. And I suppose neither is Eves, but at least Eves seemed to be offering a lot more around the ground. But in this game against Birmingham, Magenis was just was great. He he obviously was providing you know a huge goal threat um, early in the game, but also his commanding um, you know his control of the game and his control of our shape was was pretty evident. And I think um, Phil Buckingham even tweeted that after that after Magenis got subbed off, he was still the loudest voice in the stadium, yelling out instructions to the players from the sidelines. So. Um, he's clearly taken on this role of, of one of those. Uh, he's, I think he's our oldest player in our squad, so um, certainly taking on that position as our, um, you know, one of our leading figures, if not actually the captain. So um, that was a that was a really surprisingly positive display from him. Yeah, I think um, I think they sort of. I was just thinking last again last week. I sort of said that McCann was maybe um, not demonstrating a lot of tactical nous uh, in the last six months since January but um, I think just those couple of changes that he made to the 11 for the Birmingham game um, you know would be hard to particularly in the first half to call them anything other than almost a masterstroke because as yeah. you say Magenis was um, highly influential bagged a goal was involved in a lot of good play um, you know was vocal um, was commanding held his position helped you know keep helped help City keep their shape um, Lopez is the other one that came in and had a great game, you know, set up the the um, Scott goal with a brilliant cross. But just um, he has just – he really, really impresses me for a guy who is so young, has never played, like, at this level, um, you know, and was one of those ones where everyone goes, oh, you know, at the beginning we're going another uh, – you know, another guy that we brought up from the lower leagues, with, with you know, how is he going to go but he has just this season come on in leaps and bounds um and i thought a really another really impressive performance from him um yeah and it's, always, is, it's always interesting with those sorts of players where um obviously you can bring in players who um hit the ground running and obviously uh, a step above everyone around them and you can bring in players who are really quite crap but it's always really promising when you see guys who come in and, and he wasn't crap by any stretch of the imagination when he came in. Um, obviously didn't have great reviews from Wigan, but he came in and he's really markedly improved over the season. And he's gone from being, like you said, you know, oh, you know, another League One signing. Yes, okay, he's a decent enough player, sort of on the caliber of somewhere between Batty and Stewart to, to all of a sudden just being, you know, probably... I wouldn't maybe maybe he is our best player you know and most valuable player as well so like you said like that cross for Scott was just like inch perfect and um, you know at a better run club as much as Ehab wants to say we're the best run club in the in the championship at a better run club I would be getting out you know an extended contract at better terms for for Lopez and, and trying to secure him if not for the long term at least secure the, or give the club the security that if he is to move on, we're going to get a decent fee out of it. Yeah, um, I think Lopez is starting to remind me um, a little bit of uh, like Sam Klukas, to be honest. He came and we knew yeah. that he had some like some ability, had ability. Um, you know, he, he did some good things, but with when Klukas moved into that 
set the center of the park out of that wide position he just he exploded um and lopez he took a little bit to find his feet but um as you say he was never like particularly poor but he's now um he's really is i guess like almost with magenis on the weekend but in a broader sense he's really starting to become one of those leaders within the team um you know he's he's leading by example performing really well um on a well i would say regular basis but you know we've just had this huge break (laughs) but um you know he's been really um impressive um recently um and then i guess look you know it's a bit of a a typical city display that we were um coming out in the second half full of optimism full of hope that we might actually secure a win and of course we went out and conceded within a couple of minutes from um, a pretty decent strike from uh, gary gardner but then um, and then considered another goal so that we were 2-2. But then it was um, Herbie Kane who stepped up with a, a pretty clever free kick under the wall to, to give us the lead back. And um, we then considered again so that we, we dropped the two points and finished the game 3-3. Um, just before we talk about the overall impact of the result, um, Kane, I, I thought, you know, if we're going to be praising Lopez, Scott, Magenis as well, Kane, I thought, put in his best display in a city shirt by, 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 you know, head and shoulders above any of his other displays. And I thought, you know, coming into the club in January, uh, hopes are pretty high. This this guy was coming from from Liverpool. He'd been playing at Doncaster under McGann previous season. Um, hopes are pretty high that he'd be a, a really solid addition to our midfield. And he just didn't show those signs before this game. But if he can put in a few more displays like that game against Birmingham, it's it's the sort of display that we've probably expected to see from someone like Terrell and obviously he's been pretty injury prone. So if Kane can sort of provide that alternative and, and, and get some more consistency in his displays, then I, I think he's in for a, for a very good final few games of the season. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, in regards to Kane, it was um, a much improved uh, performance, especially after uh, I think I bashed him a little bit last <laughs> week in, in, in the potty. He heard um, you. He but... rubbed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, I'll, if if I can claim the credit, I will. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Now um, you distracted me. Um, <laughs> so he, he he had a poor uh, game last week, but he, he stepped up this uh, week. Oh, I was I was going to say I think um, perhaps just um, that rotation of the midfield players because I think this week what was the starting three? I've forgotten already. It would have been. Uh, uh, Kane, Lo- oh, Lopez, Lopez, Batty, and Kane. So that and means Batty, Kane yeah. would have would Kane have gone a little bit further? Was he a little bit further I forward? Suspects so. Yes. Yeah. So I think maybe that slight um, positional switch, um, you know, maybe just allowed him the little bit of extra freedom um, and a little bit less um, of the defensive duties, perhaps, and maybe that little bit um, slight change, um, you know, for him. Uh, was what got the best out of him. Uh, and then obviously a pretty disappointing result in the sense that, you know, being so close to having the three points secured and, and then to go on and drop two of the points. Um, you know, we sort of said that before the game, he would have taken the point. Were you were you um, able to take that step back and, and still be pretty happy with the point or, or did the game sort of leave you pretty frustrated? Um, look, I, th- I to be honest, it's probably a bit of both. Um, like... As you say, we sort of said before, like last week, I don't think any of us predicted any sort of result. We were pretty um, uh, pessimistic about our chances. Uh, 
we played a really good first half, and then it seemed like the second half, uh, Birmingham did their best, you know, city impersonation of their of our first half, and like almost with this like same minutes in the corresponding halves for the goals. Um, it was pretty crazy how that sort of happened. You know, mm. four goals in the same end, t- two goals in like the second minute of each half, and yeah. like, or, and one in like this. You know, so that was pretty interesting. I think, um, <clears throat> yeah, it was. It was frustrating to have to to see the lead, the to to throw that lead away, um, particularly once we had gone on to, to reclaim it that um, after from after off Kane's free kick. Um, it really. We were a bit, we were getting a bit scrappy, but I sort of was, I was getting a feeling a little bit, I was growing in confidence that I thought we might be able to, um, to hold on. We seem to be clearing away, um, you know, and scrapping by uh, most of those, those attacks towards the end of the game, and then, um, <clears throat> yeah, just, but then again, it just all opened up, and you could see it was coming, um, and it was very, dis- it was disappointing, and. It, um, I guess yeah, it's, it's interesting. It was... It's interesting that in our last um, two games where we've re- we've got a result, I think it was the Swansea draw before this, which was four uh, four. It's just it's very telling that we're conceding so many goals. It's it's like we're working so hard to even just get a point in the division at the moment. Yeah, <clears throat> it's a weird thing because I remember um, this was like this is almost like the very beginning of the season those first few games we played really really well for 60 odd minutes or 70 minutes and then it looked like we were tiring at the end you know and we were saying oh you know this is just McKean's system there's a there's a lot of you know high energy um mm. in the system and it takes a lot out of the players you know they'll, they'll grow in their fitness and uh, i don't know whether it's that again you know with with, with the pandemic and everything that's happened and you know it would have been hard to really maintain that full level of match fitness, but um, it's, yeah, it's it is a strange sort of phenomenon that we've got going on where we we get into those into the second half, into the back half of games, particularly, and we just seem to find a way to to concede goals. Yeah, um, I think I saw a stat that said I can't remember if it was twelve games or something like that where we've taken the lead and then failed to win the game, but. Another stat that I saw was that in our last 10 games, we've conceded 29 goals. The next worst in the division is 18 goals. So, <laughs> I mean, I think that sort of underlines our defensive fragility at the moment. And um, look, I mean, we'll talk about the Borough game in a second, but um, it'd be great time to get a clean sheet and, and, and grind out a gritty 1-0 win. Um, that would be fantastic. Um, before, we, before we move on to that Borough game, though, um, it's probably worth... Um, a mention of the teams that are around us in the table at the moment because it's getting incredibly tight. I think it's five points separating um, last place and 17th or something like that. And and obviously with um, this morning's results where Stoke have lost to Wigan and Luton have drawn with Leeds, Barnsley have beaten Blackburn. So they're all picking up points as teams beneath us. Um, well, except for Stoke, obviously, just above us, losing to Wigan. Um, and then Huddersfield lost to Forest on Sunday as well, which is um, a positive for us. It's kept us out of the relegation zone, but we're out of the relegation zone on goal difference. So um, how are you feeling about the sides around us and um, their form or, or lack of form, as is the case for some of the teams? Um, I think, yeah, look, we're just, we're really in amongst a, this is a just a real, you know, relegation survival battle, I think, Um you know, it, sometimes it's really clear, you know, it's really clear cut. 
you know, at this stage of the season, who's going down and, and who's going to stay up. But um, I think just the the break, I guess, has given everyone a chance um, at a time where they normally wouldn't have the chance to take stock, to to review, have a you know, a mid. They've essentially got a, a like a mid-season review opportunity where they've been able to go back over everything. Um, and you know, identify their strengths and weaknesses, and, and and you know, try and address those. So, um, I think everyone, I would be surprised if the, if all these the teams in our you know in our little bottom region of the of, of the division weren't actually weren't really pushing and performing, um, you know, as they are. I think it's uh, it just it's going to make for an interesting last um, eight seven or eight games. But yeah, I think it's sort of it's going to be. It could be anyone's. Any anyone of those could could go down, and any one of us could could uh, scrape by to stay in the division. Yeah, I mean we're only two points ahead of Luton, who are twenty fourth at the moment, and then all the way up to Charlton in eighteenth on forty six points. Um, there's only a six point gap between them and Luton, so getting very condensed. Um, I think you can probably say Birmingham and Reading are safe, but you never really know if, if you know, if this sort of form continues, um, then those teams could start to get dragged into it. So uh, very interesting times. Um, I think it's, it's also worth noting that it's, it's pretty, pretty impressive from um, Wigan, who I think were in the relegation zone as, mo- as recently as February and have strung together something like 10 clean sheets in a row. Um, of course, having former city man, David Marshall for Wigan, uh, doing very well there, keeping clean sheets, and they've pulled up, pulled up to fifty points in fourteenth. So, um, very very good job from them um, as well. So, look, it's going to be interesting, and um, I guess it, it, it's it's going to be a huge game uh, Friday morning for us against Middlesbrough. So, I think it's two a.m. Australian time. Uh, the game is on KO, so it's been selected for television coverage over in the UK. So, we'll be able to watch it on KO uh, for those brave enough to get up at two a.m. for that game. Um, we've got our game against West Brom midnight on Sunday as well, so it's going to be a tough next few games for uh, for City supporters who have work the following day. Um, but uh, we obviously know that Middlesbrough uh, replaced their manager with Neil Warnock um, last week and did manage to get a win in their first game under him, 2-0 over Stoke. So it, it seems that he's starting to galvanise them. He seems to be getting them going Um and I think I saw yesterday that they've managed to re-sign to short-term contracts all of their out-of-contract players as well. So apart from Rudy Jested and Daniel Ayala, who have left the club, um, I think they've pretty much got everyone available, uh, which will help them immensely. But they're two points ahead of us. Um, very, very little to split us on goal difference or anything like that. Um, it'll be a very tight game. Um, how do you how do you see it, Dan? How do, do you see us having much of a chance of um, stopping the Warnock bounce? Um, look, if if we um, can manage to improve uh, by the same margin, the same degree that we did between the Charlton game and the Birmingham game, then um, yeah. if we manage to repeat that that level of improvement, I think we we just about blow them away. Um, I think that might be being a little bit too optimistic, <laughs> um, but if we could replicate. You know what? What we how we performed at Birmingham with you know obviously a couple of little tweaks, maybe a little bit tighter at the back would be would be great. Um, you know, I, I don't think um, I don't think this game is out of reach. I think the three points are there. Um, this is a game that is it is absolutely winnable, um, and we should be targeting all three points. Um, I would I would I would be satisfied with a point, 
Um, I would be ecstatic with three. I'd be disappointed to take nothing from the game. How do you see our lineup for this game? Do you see um, McCann sort of probably sticking with the side that started against Birmingham? Um, I th- look, I th- I think for the most part, um, yeah, I we I think we probably um, would. The only exception to that would probably be Wilkes, unless we can. In oh, the of next... course, yeah, he started as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He, unless we can manage to actually, I don't know. Do we run out of time, or do we still have time to activate that? Well, the put the tra- the permanent transfer or something. I, th- I think I, I think read it something. That maybe... Yeah, I think it ran out today. So I don't think if we haven't heard anything from the club, I'll presume that we haven't secured yeah. him. Um, so that would probably be the only you know thing you'd be I'd be looking at. Uh, well, the only position that's probably going to change, barring anyone who's pulled up you know, saw um, just about to any degree, I think, with how thick and fast these games are about to come. If you're not 100%, um, you know, I don't care if you're 99.5%, you may as well just have a, have a rest and, and wait till you're 100% ready to go because we really can't afford, even with the five subs, you, yeah. don't, you don't really want to waste, you don't want to waste a substitution um, or like have to spend a substitution um, to replace, you know, an injury that potentially could have, you know, been avoided. And um, and especially with the games coming so close together, that you know, what would have previously been, if it's a week or a two or two week injury, that would previously have seen you miss two or three games, it's suddenly turning into five or six games, and it's almost the rest of the yeah, season. Yeah, it's um, it's a whole different sort of kettle of fish at the at, at the moment. So, um, and I guess also with that, you know, we're good. I think. We've had almost well, we've had five five or six days for this game, but then it's only two for the next. So I think I, I would be looking at probably keeping mostly the same sort of squad together for this game against Borough, um, for Borough, and then you know we're, I think we'd be rotating a, f- um, a bit for the West Brom game on Sunday. So, yeah, may as well throw the discussion of West Brom in as well because we'll play them before our next episode. So I guess um, it's an interesting game to look at because West Brom have been pretty, um, I guess, flaky, (laughs) Uh, out of form since the season resumed. Um, I don't think they've won a game yet um, and are starting to fall off the pace a little bit behind Leeds. So it's going to be certainly an interesting game from that perspective because... um, it's one that we could potentially view as as not a must-win game because it's not against the side around us, and therefore we could look to rotate a little bit, um, sort of like you're saying, because it's only a few days later. Um, it's probably worth keeping our players fresh and fit for the games that we can really go out there and win. But in saying that, given West Brom's form, I don't think it's out of the question to be aiming for a point in that game either. Yeah, I think... Um... I guess this is this is where we generally tend to struggle as a club is in that depth, um, you know. And so, there's. I think it's it's unrealistic to expect our first, you know, our first eleven to be able to play on uh, Friday Friday morning or, or whatever, Thursday night there, and then on and, uh, Saturday night for them or Saturday afternoon. You know, that's that's a very short turnaround particularly you know with with everything that's gone on um but yeah as you say like you know west brom's not in a particularly um rich vein of form so I, this i guess that becomes an opportunity we, we look at it perhaps like um you know we, we've mentioned in that some other about some other games you know it's a bit of a free hit really yeah um 
you know, we, we get to, you know, a few few players get the opportunity to stake their claim for a, for a first team um, position. Uh, we go out we without a lot of expectation, and as as you as you sort of mentioned, it's not a it's not a crucial fixture. Um, you know, we really need to not not that we should dismiss this game. Um, as you know, we if we can take points from it, we absolutely should. But those games against those teams around us, because we have quite a few of them in our remaining fixtures I believe still is um, they're the ones you know the, the six pointers so to speak they're the ones yeah. that need I think they really need our full attention um, and then the others are we we get whatever we can get out of them and we, and we just we, we take them for what they are really from and where we are you know contextually it, it's just the situation that we're in I think well, yeah, and as you say, sort of when you look at the games that we still have remaining, so after this West Brom game, we will have five games left. Of those games, uh, other than the Luton game, Bristol City, Millwall, Wigan, Cardiff, theoretically, we could be playing all of those sides after their seasons have quote-unquote ended because they haven't been able to make the playoffs. They're pretty safe in mid-table. Um, of the teams around us, really, that's almost the optimal fixture really because you want to be playing sides that aren't fighting for promotion and aren't fighting to stay up so other than Luton who who are obviously fighting alongside us and it's it's, it's more of that six pointer that you're suggesting um those games against Millwall Bristol City Wigan and Cardiff could be really vital and um I almost got that sense a little bit in the first half that Birmingham just their heads weren't in the game whether or not it was because they just thought they were safe and, and didn't have a whole lot to play for, I'm not sure. And obviously that was a little bit disproved by their performance in the second half. But it did get me thinking about those sorts of teams where it's, you know, an empty stadium. Um, they're playing in July in hot conditions, June, July, hot conditions. They just might not be up for it. And if they've got nothing to play for, and if we can show a little bit of impetus and a little bit of fight, um, hopefully that means that we could actually get a few wins. Yeah, and I think like build, building on that, if you if you can replicate the fast start that we had against Birmingham, you get against a team that you know, as you as you mentioned, may be you know mathematically safe. Then um, you know they may not you know respond in the same way that that Birmingham did. They may respond you know or, or have less of a response or no real strong response at all. It, it um, makes for an interesting, I guess it's an interesting run in that we have. Yeah, absolutely. So just before we sign off, um, did you have a score prediction for the two games against Borough and West Brom? Um, I'm going to go with a 1-0 for Borough and actually a 2-all at West Brom. Yeah, it's not too bad. I, I reckon I, I, I could hopefully hopefully see a 1-0 against Borough. That's definitely optimistic um, thinking. Um, and then, yeah, against West Brom, it's going to be interesting because obviously we face um, Grzycki against his old club, but uh, he hasn't played in the, any of the games since the resumption of the season. So it'll be nice to see if he, he actually gets on the pitch. Um, look, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it draws out of the question and probably a score draw. Um, it just depends on how, um, on how West Brom go before that. And I think they have, let me pull that up, um, whoever they're playing will be uh, will be an interesting game. I think it's Sheffield Wednesday. So it's 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 a sort of match where they could get challenged. Uh, and if they still aren't able to get the win out of that, then it starts to become a little bit of an issue for them because even before the season was suspended, 
um, they hadn't won since they played Preston back in February. So they hadn't won any of their four games in March or three games in March. So in a little bit of a rut, it could be could be a pretty interesting game. And, and, and if we can go to there and, and put a bit of pressure on, who knows what can happen. So um, it would be nice to, to get a bit of a shock result, even if it does end up sort of helping Leeds. Um, I guess that's an unfortunate byproduct, but... If it helps our survival, that will be good. So, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll maybe go a score draw on that one as well. Um, but thank you for joining me tonight, Dan. Ah, oh, not a problem. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. We'll be back after these next two games where hopefully we've got a few positive results and can start inching up that table. But until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter, at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. This is on fire. We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back, cause you